0: We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 22. This is called Elements of Material Creation. Last week we had done a verse which was verse 57. So I will just give you a recap of what we did last week. So, Therefore, O do not try to enjoy sense gratification with the material senses. See how illusion based on material dualities prevents one from realizing the self. We have discussed everything in detail about last time, how the senses affect the human beings and then how the sages are not affected by it. We had clearly defined that. Now the moment you are affected by the senses, your mind comes into play, once the mind comes into play, intellect and everything is a part of it, whole. The spirit also gets affected then the bodies which are there, they carry all the karmas which are associated with these activities. Because they get associated with the body, so the body has to transmigrate from one body to another, to another, to another. So these are the four bodies which are inside. The fifth one is the one which we take up. Full body is taken up from this material world. The remaining four bodies would transmigrate to another material body. It could be any body. Alright, so this is what we had done last time. <coughs> Sorry. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 22, Elements of Material Creation. We are beginning verse 58 and 59. Even though neglected, insulted, ridiculed or envied by bad men, or even though repeatedly agitated by being beaten, tied up or deprived of one's occupation, spat upon or polluted with urine by ignorant people, one who desires the highest goal in life should in spite of all these difficulties, use his intellect to keep himself safe on the spiritual platform. It's an extremely dangerous verse for all of us. So (laughs) let me go to the verse once again. Listen to the words carefully, even though neglected, insulted, ridiculed, envied upon by bad people or repeatedly agitated by being beaten up, tied up, deprived of one's occupation, spat upon or polluted by urine by ignorant people. One should desire the highest goal in life, should, in spite of all these difficulties, use his intelligence to keep himself safe on the spiritual platform. It's an, like I said, it's an extremely difficult verse, but something which we human beings should understand. This verse can be explained to you simply when you follow the teachings of Jesus Christ also. Or, to few people, I had told in the story of St. Thomas. I'll just repeat the story of St. Thomas once again. St. Thomas is known in the Bible as Doubting Thomas. Why? Because when Jesus came back, he was not so sure about whether it is Jesus or somebody else. So, he questioned Jesus and he said, See, I want to know if you are truly Jesus. Now if you have seen the cross, have you noticed that a soldier has put his lance inside his sides, just, you know, near his ribs. Jesus Christ was bleeding from there and it was a lance, you know. So. Thomas had asked Jesus Christ this and Jesus in turn says you can put your fingers over there to feel whether I am really the same Jesus or somebody else. And Thomas had put his fingers over there. Everybody doubted him, whether it was Peter or Thomas or whoever, they all doubted him. Now. Think about the life of St. Thomas, what happened to him. He left the country and then he came to India. He came to a place place which is called Kerala. There is St. Thomas Church over there also. Now from Kerala because he was hounded by people He went all the way to Madras which is now called Chennai and there the locals were trying to shoo him away. He hid in a cave on top of a mountain. In the cave because he was hiding from people, he was literally hounded, by the way. So he carved out a small cross. It is as big as this. It must be approximately about one, one and a half feet by one feet or something. Or maybe one and a half feet by one and a half feet. Eighteen inches by eighteen inches, this cross is like this. The cross started bleeding. Or it is said that his hand cut and it started bleeding. Nobody knows what exactly happened he was found then the locals over there they put him to death later on he was buried in the same place unfortunately the italians came and they said that we want to take his body and they took his body away nobody knows where whether his body is in italy or whether it's in india Nobody has any clue about it. So this is the story of St. Thomas who had to go through a lot of problems in his life just because he was trying to teach the name of the God to the people. Now let us take Jesus' case. Jesus also had to go through the same trouble. The moment he came back, the Romans on one side and the Jews on the other side, they started hounding him. And finally they put him on the cross. His life was not a bed of roses, it was a bed of thorns. There were thorns which were put on his crown also. I am sure you remember that. So anybody who follows his swadharma, it's not necessary that when you follow your calling, swadharma means your true calling. You are going to have a bed of roses. Nobody says that. It is going to be extremely tough. It will be painful. People will treat you very badly. And that is exactly what this verse is saying. That does not mean that you give up your profession, whatever the Swadharma is. Don't give up your true calling just because some people are acting very mean with you. Now, I will explain the verse. It's the same with Buddha. It's the same with everybody, by the way. Please understand, if you have come in spiritual, your life is as good as hell, I can say. I should not be saying those words. But by the way, it's as good as hell because everybody is going to question you. Everybody is going to hound you. Everybody is thinking. And one of the most important thing is today you are on the path of righteousness when you are leading a material worldly life nobody cared for it and everybody was happy with it you might have done all the wrong things at that time you might have robbed you might have murdered you might have done everything anything in this world and yet it was good but the moment you come onto this path of spirituality and you understand what is your true calling Now remember, you are on a righteous path. Okay, Righteous path is all about truth. Absolute truth. Nobody is going to like it. Neither your families, your relatives, your friends, you name it, the whole world is going to go against you. And it is an accepted fact. First and foremost, if you have entered the world of spiritual, you will not be able to tell your family in the first place. Just try telling them, oh, I am going to, you know, become a spiritualist. The first thing they will ask you, oh, you're going to become a priest or a nun or you're going to become a sadhu or you're going to become, you going to run away from life? You're going to put on ochre clothes? There is nothing like that. Are you going to put habit on? Oh my God, what are you going to do? You, are, you, you don't have to do all that. This is the opposition everybody in this world is going to have from for you. Please understand this. And the moment this opposition comes in your life, don't get deterred by it. Please remember this. Spirituality is being truthful. It's all about righteousness. It's about following why we have come over here. The reason for our existence, we are here for that reason. And it is going to be a painful journey. Nobody is going to (laughs) give you rest in this. And let me assure you, If you think that spirituality means, you see, the words which come with spirituality is peace, happiness, you know, tranquility, I want to be, okay. And other words associated with it, yoga, meditation, you know, all these words. Now think about this verse, this verse which I read to you. Where is it written that you are going to have peace of mind? I'm sorry, your peace of mind is gone out of the window. Okay, There is no tranquility in this world because you are constantly bothered about God. Please understand this. You are now latched on to the most powerful thing on earth. And that is the spiritual domain. So there is, there is no rest over there by the way. So there is no rest there is no peace there is no happiness the way happiness is described in the material world happiness is described in the material world is when all your hormones are flowing very nicely and you feel oh my goodness is so nice nothing nice over here it's all going to be crying it's all you don't know why you're crying you don't know why you're laughing sometimes you're laughing you know, people will look at you and say are you mad actually you're not mad the whole world is mad out there and yet The world will look at you and say, you are mad. Why? Because you can actually see the whole world going to dogs. You know, when somebody is getting married, just think about it, when they are getting married, and they are thinking of, oh, we will be happily, you know, that happily ever after feeling that is there, after marriage, they say, it's like a fairy tale, fairy tale wedding. How is a wedding? it was so beautiful. I spent so many thousands and millions and all that. Okay, fine. You're spending millions and you're spending thousands. Then what happens? Your happiness lasts only during the wedding night. Okay. One one honeymoon day. Okay. After that, it is all gone. Then what happens? Then it is disaster. And you, who is a spiritualist, is looking at this whole scene. Don't you know what is going to be the outcome of all these things? And hypocrisy is a a rule with all the material worldly people. How are the material worldly people? They are hypocrites to the core. Oh, we are very happy. I am settled in my life. I have children, you know. But think about it. A woman who is handling the children right from morning to night is the most harassed person on earth. Ever tried to bring, bring up a baby? I mean, I have, so I know what, ha- what happens. Okay? I don't know how many nappies you got to change, how much food you got to feed. That baby is literally like, you know. <laughs> and you have to keep on feeding, and the baby cries, and oh my goodness, it is. And the number of clothes that you got to wash, unimaginable. And after that, the doctor's visits, these shots, that shots. Imagine the parent who is taking care of the baby. And now they say, oh baby is such a beautiful thing. Try getting into the shoes of that person and you will resent it. They say, I don't want to go into it. And you as a spiritualist can actually predict this whole thing. You can see the whole flow, the pattern that is there. And that time, you are going to laugh out. And you know, when you laugh at this kind of a jokes, which people don't understand, you can see the future. You can actually see the future. And when you laugh, they will say, why are you laughing? You are an idiot. Okay. But I am an idiot, of course. Or maybe when you see somebody is dead, Now, one thing that we think about when somebody dies is, oh my God, this person has left me and gone, blah, blah, blah. In the material world, isn't that what your person thinks? On the contrary, you know very well, his spirit soul has gone to the maker, to the Lord. Why should you cry? When I went for my father's funeral, I was smiling and everybody looked at me as if I have lost my marbles. No, on the contrary, I was happy. At least he's left his material worldly problems and he's gone to his father in heaven. And nobody could understand, nobody can understand this. And it was literally as if I was saying something wrong. But I kept quiet. So this thing happens. You can actually understand what is life all about. What is death about? What is this marriage all about? The material worldly life, you can understand it absolutely to the T. So sometimes you laugh and sometimes you cry. You know the reason why you cry? Because you can see the person that you love falling into this trap. They will say, Mom, I want to get married. Dad, I'm getting married. Can you tell the person? You know what hell you are going to go through? No. Can you tell the person that this is not what we are born for? But no. Their understanding is they have to (laughs) get married, settle down in life, have children, have a house, this, that, so many things. Most of these spiritual people, they start very early. I am sure you know that. Most of the people start at the age of 30. 20 to 30. In case of Sri Shankaracharya, Adi Shankaracharya, he started at the age of 8. 8 is a very, very young age. And his life finished at the age of 16. So by 16 he was dead. But there are people who start at the age of 30 or 32. And they go on for a few more years. But then they have understood exactly what has happened. In my case, I think I started way after 40. So I was already very old, but it's okay, does not matter, better late than never. So going back to the verse, even though neglected, you will be neglected in the sense you will not be called for any, you know, family affairs. Many a times people will avoid you because the most important thing is what are we going to discuss with this idiot? If I say something, he takes the name of God. Oh, You see, the whole world is, you know, the moment you bring out any subject, it turns towards the divine for the spiritual person. So where is the The neglect happens because they want to avoid you like plague. And they will say, oh, I'm very sorry, I was not able to invite you for this wedding. I'm very sorry, I couldn't invite you for this party. That's not going to happen. You're going to be neglected. Even in your office, if you try to tell them I am a spiritualist, they are going to treat you like as if you are oh, the person you go and sit in that corner over there. There's another lady with us. I mean, she's not there. Uh, she doesn't attend the satsang. Now, she goes to her office. She works for a PWC. She goes to office and she sits at her desk, does her job. During the tea break and the lunch break, she will sit at the end of the you know uh, canteen and there she eats her lunch quietly. At least four or five people will come to her and say, Oh, can I sit over here? I hope I, I don't you don't mind. No, I don't mind. You can sit. And then they start small talk. You know this one. She left, She's getting married to someone and oh, this one is pregnant, that happened, this happened and the whole office gossip starts over there. And the spiritualist is sitting over there. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Not able to contribute even one little thing towards this whole conversation, right? Because they understand everything is futile. This one has run away with that person. This person has gone to that person and that this has happened and that has happened. Oh, they are going through a divorce or this is happening. Oh my God. You know your boss, he's such a lech. He was looking at me like this. Oh, is that so? And it's a very, very common, you know, gossip. And the spiritualist knows about this entire thing and is sitting quietly over there. And when there is some function, they will neglect this person. Insulted. Why are you getting insulted? It's because you are an idiot, you don't understand anything. If I say this to you, you are going to turn it around towards God. Why do I need to talk to you at all? And the insults come in big number. They will treat you like, Oh, you, go. You got a satsang. You have no other thing to do, go, get lost. And at that point you feel, why is this world treating me like this? But it's a part and parcel of our (laughs) world. Ridiculed, you will be ridiculed or envied by bad people, envied. Because you may have just two pairs of clothes and you can live in those two clothes whereas there are people in this world they'll open their cupboard i have nothing to wear where they, you can see about 10000 all garments over there and maybe you know hundreds of shoes and yet the person says i have nothing to wear i, I don't know what shoe goes, goes with what so the material worldly person is bothered about these kind of things and then that person will look towards you you know you are such a nice you know, in your world you you're very happy, you know. You got just two pieces to wear. One day you wear one piece, and the next day you wear the second piece. You don't have any choices in your life. I envy you because you have no choices in your life. This is a kind of talk, <laughs> talk they will give. And believe me, at that time you will say, Yes, I'm happy I don't have a choice. You see, if I have a choice, I have I spent 10 minutes thinking which one to wear. What goes with what? You have a broken pair of glasses also, you'll wear that also. You're not thinking that, oh, I got to repair it. You know, you're not even thinking about that. So, you will get ridiculed and you'll get envied by men. And even though repeatedly agitated by being beaten. Now, beaten can be physical as well as mental also, by the way. Sometimes people say harsh words. They do not treat you nicely. They will say... What is the point in doing something for you? You are worthless. Or they will say, I don't want her or him to be a part of this. Can we just throw this person out? You know, if you are in, you are making groups, you know, most of the time you are making groups in all the public activity. If you have ever gone for any, uh, you know, new age kind of a stuff or if you have gone for uh, you know, all those motivational talks in the motivational talks they will say, okay, you make a group of some five people and you make a group of some five people and call yourself some different different names and after that we are going to pit all these groups to, against each other at that time, you know, you are the one person standing out over there without any group and and the moderator looks at you can't you find any group for yourself and everybody looks looks away when you are seeing And then they don't want you. So at such point in time, you are are going to feel very bad, but you are not supposed to feel bad. Now I am coming to the point where why this is to, what is to be your nature? What should you do in such circumstances? Let me finish this and then I will tell you. You are getting beaten up. You are tied up. Tied up? Have you not seen all these people being tied up? You know, the greatest founder of Sufism was tied, beaten. And those who know Tukaram's story, you know, there is a Bhakta Tukaram, Sant Tukaram, we call him, T U K A R A M. He was ridiculed, he was beaten up. His neighbor took a branch of a tree which has got pointed uh, you know, thorns and he beat Tukaram badly thinking that he is usurping his position whereas Tukaram was least bothered about it Tukaram was sitting on top of the mountains he was not bothered whether he, f- he was eating he was not eating he used to go early in the morning and he used to sit over there and he was a very simple person now this person does that So, what happens? Now, when I was in this whole stage, many a times I was sitting uh, at the desk where billing used to happen. You know, so there would be people coming to me and saying, Uncle, uncle, can you give me extra discount? Uncle, uncle, can you give me something free? I want this free, I want that free. I was running a store, okay, and I was giving it away as if it is, you know, free flow. Somebody would ask me something, can I have that, I will give it up. And everybody around me were thinking this person is bad for business, why? Because he is giving everything away. And then, (laughs) then I used to be afraid to sit on the billing desk. Because I know that somebody will come and ask me something and I will pick it up and give it away to them. So I used to sit in the godowns, locking the go-down door for hours at stretch, not wanting to be disturbed by anybody. So, so this is what happens. You have no control over anything. I will tell you a very beautiful story in this. This is a story of Narsi Mehta. Narsi Mehta was a very great devotee of the Lord, Krishna. He was a great devotee of Krishna. Now, this is a few centuries ago. He was working as a godown keeper to a king. A king of Gujarat. And Gujarat is known for half of the land of Gujarat is purely sand. Half of it is okay. Now, where he was stationed by the king, that place had tremendous amount of drought, no rainfall and he was supposed to, you know, be the godown keeper of the granary. Granary is a place where they keep all the grains, okay. So, people came to Narsim Mehta and they said, you know what? We are all suffering very badly. Can you give us a few grains free just like that because we don't have any money? And Narsi Mehta opened his good <laughs> Everybody came and took whatever they wanted and emptied the godowns This news reached the kings. And Narsi Mehta would himself go on his horseback to all the villages over there distributing food grains and stuff like that. So the king came to know, the king was staying in a far away place, he came to know that Narsi was behaving this way and he was distributing everything away. So, he said, he sent his people, his soldiers, and he said, tell Narsi Mehta to pay for all these things, otherwise you catch hold of him and bring him over here, tie him up and bring him up over here. We will we'll put him in jail, we will torture him and all that, okay. So, the soldiers left from their place, it was some 2-3 days journey by, by horseback. Meanwhile, in the court of the king, a person appears, He's completely dark, black, okay, he a very black looking fellow and uh, nobody wants to take him, so he says, he tells that person over there at the gate, he says, you know, uh, Narsimetha has sent me. Why? Because he wants me to give something to the king. So they, they usher him in front of the king. And the king asks him, who are you? So he says, my name is Kalya. Kaliya means blackie, you know, black color. <laughs> who are you? I am the servant of Narsi Mehta. I am a black blackie who is a servant of Narsi Mehta. So why have you come? I have come to make the payments which my master has sent of all the food grains that he has distributed over there. So the king says, okay, I don't think he can pay for that amount of, uh, you know, the grains that he has distributed. He has gone and destroyed my entire godown. He says, no, sir. He has brought, I have brought the payments, please have a look at it. And then he starts pouring in those gold coins and other things. And there are so many coins over there, you cannot even imagine. And it. it is not worth one granary, but it is worth 10 granaries. The king is highly pleased. He says, oh my God, Narsimeta is richer than me is richer than me. Oh, so nice of him to send me so much of gold and jewelry and all that for the food grains that he has distributed. I think we should give him more. And he tells the servant, oh, thank you so much. And now uh, please take some rest. So the servant says, no, 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 no. I have to serve my master. So I have to run away from him. <laughs> and, this, and the blackie he runs away from there. Remember the soldiers had gone to that place to arrest him because if he is not able to give when the soldiers meet Narasi Mehta they ask him see the king has said that you know, if you cannot pay for this food grace that you have distributed you are supposed to give us back You know, otherwise we are supposed to arrest you he says I have nothing to give I am a poor man so they tie him up and they put him on a horse and they bring him in front of the king so the king asks why have you tied him up Now, remember, the king doesn't know that his his soldiers have no clue about what has happened. So, he says to him, Anta him, Anta him. And then, he is lovingly telling Narasimha, please come and sit next to me. Narasimha is looking at him, is something really wrong with him or what? So, he says, no, 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 you come sit here, have some rest. I'm so happy, you know, to know you, because I don't know you directly. You are one of my employees. But I know you are a very rich man and very good-hearted person. You sent me so much of money. Narsimeta looks at him and says, What do you mean by that? I never sent you any money. No, no, no. Your servant came here. Hey, his name is Blackie. Okay. Kalyo he called. And he gave so much. Oh, how did he look like? Oh, he looked like some bumpkin from the village, you know. Is that so? And what was he wearing? Oh, he was having one, uh, you know... Uh, Peacock feather stuck in his head. It's a very funny character. Nasimata immediately recognizes that it is Krishna himself who had come over there. <laughs> Krishna is Lord Almighty. And then he starts crying in front of the king. The king asks him, Why? What is wrong? He says, You don't understand. You met Krishna. I don't have any servant. Actually, I am his servant why is he saying he is my servant that is the lord almighty and he has come and paid for everything and this is what happens narsi mehta was so sad that he couldn't meet krishna but he said you know what you met krishna and he tells the king i'm so happy that krishna came and did this this is what happens. You will have to go through problems in your life. There will be trouble. But don't be afraid. Things are not as bleak as they look. There is always something at the end of it. You may not even get the real darshan. Darshan means the face-to-face kind of a experience with the Divine Lord. But people around you Everybody who comes in association with you, they will actually feel it. But they will not say anything to you because they cannot see, whereas you can see. See means you have the knowledge, but you do not have that understanding that the Lord is there in front of you. Why? Because the devout, those who are devoted to the Lord cannot actually see the Lord. But they know this finer power works over there. Other people will feel you are doing everything. You are doing means either you are paying those people, you are giving them certain gifts. They feel that you are being very kind and nice. Whereas you know in reality that it is the Lord who is working. It's not you. The Lord is your servant over there, by the way. But you won't understand that immediately. You will have to go through the process little by little. So, anybody who goes, you you should be now ready for this kind of a torturous journey, okay? Or otherwise, the door is out there, you can leave. (laughs) You want to enjoy this material world, the door is out there, you can leave. But remember, spirituality is about this. And he says, one who desires the highest goal in life should in spite of all these difficulties use his intellect to keep himself safe on the spiritual platform. Now, how do you keep safe on the spiritual platform? Remember the kind of people that you are talking about? We are talking about people who are going to say a lot of things. They are going to insult you. They are going to treat you like dirt. They are going to... Uh, you know, say a lot of things, they will ridicule you, they will envy you, they will do all kinds of things to you. How do you behave with these people? First, be your good self. I've often used these words, be your good self. What does it mean, be your good self? Be your good self simply translates into be nice, kind, compassionate, loving, peaceful. You don't have to get agitated. There should be no voices of any kind, no anger, no grief. You have to be patiently listening to those people. Don't utter words of curse to anybody. Do you get the point? Never say one single bad word to them. Because, as Jesus Christ put it, they know not what they are doing. They do not understand the world really doesn't understand what they are doing. They may ridicule you. They may say a lot of insulting words. They may, they may slap you. They may say they may do whatever. They may torture you. Please understand they do not know what they are doing. And you are not supposed to curse them, say any bad words, get angry, get upset. If this is what... It means to be your good self. Are you ready for this journey? Please be sure. Because this journey is troublesome. It's not so easy as it looks. It is painful journey. But at the end, it's the most beautiful journey of all. Many a times, you will feel like, Can I get out of this? I hate this thing. I don't want to suffer all my life. Now, what is this? Why did I get into spiritual? First, I cannot see God. Second, I don't even know about His existence. Do I know? I, I think I know He is there. Yet, I am not so sure about the whole thing. I am in mean, spiritual. Why am I reading all this? Why am I learning all these things? And yet, you know what? I thought my life will be beautiful. But it is very, very troublesome. Can I say bad words to somebody? No. Can I even think bad about another person? No. Are you supposed to follow the path truthfully? Yes. Only truth. Sometimes you have to keep quiet. You know, keeping quiet is also telling lies. Many a times it happens like that. You cannot tell the whole world that you are a spiritual person that you are into this and you are into that you cannot say those words many a times when you are gone to a big place where there is somebody is getting married i don't know some kind of a function is going on you cannot go over there when people will come and ask you oh what are you doing i have been asked many a times what do you do so i say i teach now think about it. Do you think I teach? <laughs> the immediate impression is I must be a teacher. I must be somebody in college or school or those kind of things. It does not matter what they think. I am saying the truth. I teach. I preach. That is all. I do satsangs. Beyond that, what do I do? Nothing. So, this is the most important thing. Many times you have to keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. Now think about it. If the father or the mother is into spirituality, do you think you know the biggest problem is when their children are supposed to get married, they will try to find out. Oh, what does your parent? What do your parents do? Oh, my father, he is a preacher. Oh my goodness, he is a preacher. I don't want to give my son in. In this particular place i don't want to give my daughter to this kind of an idiot preacher they will brainwash my child you know oh, brainwash your child i don't even care about your child. <laughs> what is the question of brainwashing the spiritual people actually don't go running after people in this world to convert them by the way you're not supposed to convert anybody but you can say the good word saying the good word is not conversion One thing you have to understand when the priests, when they entered Africa and various other places in India, their job, I mean the Christian priests, their job was to ensure that the people are looked after over there. They had established a church. Many people joined the church. It's okay. But no forced conversion. No. What are we supposed to do? Only when Life demands that you need to speak up, you speak up, otherwise don't talk. Silence is golden. Please understand, silence is golden. You need to keep your trap shut, don't talk. Because the moment you start speaking, people will realize that you are some nutcase. Because every line that you speak, you will say, you know, something which is going to point towards the divine. And they will say this fellow has become, a, you know, he's joined some group or he has become some religious fanatic. We are not into religious fanaticism. We are here into becoming who we truly are. That is called swadharma. To follow our life path is all we are interested in. And life path may not necessarily be the god path. Okay. Means what? Trying to preach people. No, we are not here to preach people. We are here to do our work. As a farmer, a farmer is supposed to farm perfectly. That means what? You know, I, when I was traveling, I traveled about 8-10 hours every day for the last so many days, last 4-5 days. I was just driving, driving, driving all over the countryside to visit a few places. At that time I saw a lot of farmers. They had planted a lot of stuff. In some places I saw trees which are more than 25 years old, big trees. And those are fruit trees, they are giving fruits. But the rest of the land was not cared for. Why? Because the farmer is getting money from the trees which are giving fruit. Why is he not taking care of the rest of the land? That is wrong. He needs to till that entire land up, make it proper. We are not here to take a pension. You understand what a pension means? You work your life, put the money in the bank and draw pension from it or some pension schemes are there. No, we are not here to sit, put up our legs and earn a pension. We are not here to do rest. Till the last day of your life, you need to be doing your swadharma. Swadharma is your true calling. So it means that if you are a farmer, till the last day of your life, you have to work. I'll tell you a story of a farmer. This farmer, he was having a field. Now in that field, he would, uh, I don't know whether you all have seen, in olden times they would make the canals. They will make the water from one end flow to the end of the field. They are made in a canal form. Today, it is drip irrigation and various other things, but in olden times there was canal system. So you make a canal with the mud around. So this person was working very hard in his field. One day it so happened that he never turned up late in the evening home. What had happened? So his wife went to the field in the late late in the night. See the water used to flow for two hours from the main canals, main irrigation canals. Because the flow was so heavy, the water was going in the wrong direction. And there was no choice for the farmer except to put his body like a dam. So he was sleeping in the water over there like this and allowing the water to flow in one direction. After the flow stopped at 8 in the night, his wife who had come to see him, she asked him, why did you do this? He says, if I don't do this, my field is not going to get irrigated. You see the whole point of it? That is the kind of perseverance a human being needs to have. So as a farmer, you need to be perfect. You need to tend to every tree plant that is there. You need to take care of the soil, you need to know its contents, you need to do all kinds of things in your field. Which means whether it is organic farming or whatever farming that you are doing, you have to do it perfectly. Working day and night. You cannot have the field going fallow. Fallow means, you know, in most of the cases what happens is, letting the field fallow means F-A-L-L-O-W. It's not fallow it is follow, fallow means one year you have the crop the second year you don't have the crop because you allow the nitrogen and other things to work with the soil and then the third year you have but today when you are doing composting and various other things you are able to replenish the nitrogen And the phosphates and various other things that are lost by natural methodology. So you need to work hard, doubly hard for that. So as a farmer, you have to do that. If you are a worker in the factory, you cannot be looking at your watch all the time and say, Oh, by 5 p.m. I have to leave. No, if your work is incomplete, you have to stay there. You have to complete it and go. Whatever is the target that is set for you, you have to do it. Now, let us say you are working in some fact in some company where you are supposed to deliver certain results. You will find that everybody takes a tea break. After every one hour, they'll say, Oh, you have come, let us go for tea. I mean, what is this tea break all about? I don't understand. So, taking a tea break means 15 minutes down there. And then you come back and you see somebody else, Oh, let us discuss the, this over a tea. What do you mean by discuss this over tea or coffee? Sorry, doesn't mean that again you have to go down. Only discussions happen. Work doesn't happen in most of the companies. You will find that the boardroom is more occupied hmm, than the actual flow of money coming into the company. Whereas you know very well, if you are a real, if you are a spiritual person, you know very well that hardly anybody works. They will say they will show you big books lying in front of them, but no work happens. So you are not supposed to do that. Your job is to be conscientious. Work hard. Be diligent. Go in time. Get off in time. Okay? And be perfectly doing the job. So as a Swadharma, whatever your Swadharma is, you can do that. Then there are some people who are told what they are supposed to do by their spiritual people, by the spiritual masters or by the divine. The divine will tell you. And then you are supposed to follow that. Like I was told by my Gurudev that I have to teach, so I am teaching. Many a times in the last so many years, I have thought of going away. And many a times the thought itself came. Why do I need to teach? I don't want to teach anybody. And this thought that I should go away also came to me. Not that, you have to understand it comes to everybody. But my master was very very strict. He said no. You have been given a job. And in 2011, I was told, "Yeah, this is what you got to do. And there is no escapism in this. So from 2011 onwards, I have been perfectly doing the job day in, day out. Wherever I am, my job is to do this. And I am doing it. So you also got to do. So please understand this line. So one who desires the highest goal in life, in spite of all these difficulties, Use his intellect to keep himself safe on the spiritual path. So don't get angry. Don't get upset. You don't have to back answer. No bad thoughts should come in your mind. You should be peaceful. You should not answer back. You know, the immediate, our immediate, you want to bite that other person. Isn't it? Somebody wants to argue with you. You want to destroy that other person's argument. Don't have to. Silence is golden. Your mind should be silent and your mouth should be shut. You don't have to argue. If your boss says, you know, you are the idiot, the biggest idiot in the company, you don't have to say anything back to him. Maybe he's right. I don't know. (laughs) So you just let it be. Let it be. Important mantra. (laughs) Let it be. So. this is the way you got to be. One small incident in my life, in the last company that I worked, I was accused of swindling some money, about 70,000 rupees. I have never done anything in my life like that.
1: So when I was accused,
0: my president of the company and the head of the company, managing director, they called me and they said, you know, this is what you have done. We're going to throw you out. I said, fine. But I have not done this and I don't even know. So they threw me out. My entire staff of 35 people, 34 turned up at my house and they said, why are you not fighting back? Why are you not saying what is wrong? And you have, I said, see, I have told them that I have not taken the money. 6 months later these 34 people got together and they put up 100% concrete proof against that 35th person and proved it in the board in the meeting with the top bosses that this is what this person had done this man used to tell this 35th person used to tell everybody in the factory over there you know take a sheaf of papers so when the dealer is signing the first sheet he looks at the first 2-3 sheets only He doesn't look at the balance sheets. So in that there was one sheet kept which said free goods. So they would take the signatures on all those sheets including the fake sheet. And this fake sheet was created by this accountant the factory. The factory accountant was putting that sheet in the middle and telling everybody and the entire staff of 34 then put the whole thing up in front and they had proof of every wrong signature this man had taken. At that meeting they proved it to the management that I was wrongly accused and this 35th person who was the accountant of the company was doing this. So the president said, I am very sorry. Suresh was my friend. And I knew him for so many years. I accused him unknowingly. I would like him to take, you know, I want to take him back. You know what he said? But he will not come back. I know that. After that, I never worked for any company in my life. So this is what can happen to you. But why are you bothered about all this nonsense? So just let it be does not matter. You don't have to fight back. You know we say that the grinding mill of God you know God grinds everything the grains very fine. His grinding mill turns very slowly but it grinds fine. It grounds the grains very fine. That's what they say. That is the saying in India the rest of the things Why are you bothered about it? Don't bother your life about all the bad things that are happening in the world. Let the world go to the dogs and let them say whatever they want to. You are not supposed to open your mouth. You are not supposed to say anything bad. Don't think bad. So what is the last line? Be your good self. Be kind, considerate, loving, peaceful and don't say anything bad to anybody. Got it? So I will stop my satsang over here, there are only two lines left, we will do them tomorrow. Now a small recap of what we did today, we have done only one line. If somebody says something bad to you, treats you in an ill manner, does whatever wrong things with you, they ridicule you, they call you names and they treat you terribly, you are not supposed to do anything wrong or bad to them. We are on the righteous path, we have to follow our swadharma which is our true calling and we have to do our job perfectly. Do not ridicule anybody, do not say any bad words, no anger, nothing. Be your good self. Be kind, loving, considerate, compassionate, understanding on all the beautiful words that you can think of. And you don't have to do any conversion of anybody. Just remember that you are the person in that spot and be your good self.